How's it going, A's fans? And welcome to episode 92 of the Locked On A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, noted baseball fan, Jason Burke, and today we're talking about the weekend that was. Uh, the A's bats are a little bit off right now. Going to talk a little bit about that. I uh, got standout performers from the weekend. That's always nice because the A's are, in fact, two and one. So uh, they're, they're atop the AL West. That's a plus. That is uh, the takeaway that I think we should all have right now. I know that they're not performing as well as they should, but there's room for improvement, and they're still atop the leaderboard. Plus, there's some injury news that we need to get to, so in the second segment of the episode, I'll get to that stuff. But first, let's dive into the A's weekend, uh, and before we get to that stuff, please follow us on social media at LockedOnA's on Twitter and Instagram. I am at ByJasonB on Twitter. You can also email us any questions that you may have to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. So the A's weekend, they went 2-1 against the Angels. There's still one more game today, Monday, that they, uh, that they have to play against Mike Trout and the Angels, which stinks. Anthony Rendon has not been playing for the Angels, so the A's kind of lucked out there. Uh, Shohei Otani did not look great on Sunday. He lasted 0.0 innings pitched, gave up three hits, three walks, and five runs. Um, and th- those walks, those, those came uh, those came in handy for the A's all weekend. I went, I, I did some digging. Uh, not really. I looked a couple of box scores. Um, so on Friday night, they had seven walks. They scored seven runs. Saturday night, they had one walk, scored one run. On Sunday afternoon, they got five walks, scored six runs. So... Either that's really good where they're capitalizing on these walks, or it's really bad and they're getting all these free passes and not taking even more advantage of them. That's something that we should probably keep an eye on uh, with the A's. Their mats have start, started off a little bit cold. Uh, Matt Chapman's hitting 083, and it's three games. We can't be too concerned with him, but he did show that he was a little bit uh, sketchy on defense. Not sketchy. He's not Matt Chapman on defense. So anything that happens where he drops a ball because of the sun or he makes an error, um, it looks like he's falling apart. He's not. He's fine. Uh, I'm sure that he'll be okay, but it's one of those things you want to keep an eye on, especially in a short season where everything that happens just is magnified. So one air looks like it's the end of the world because every game counts. And uh, so, and, and I know that on Friday, uh, I mentioned that the playoffs are expanded. So there's going to be eight teams in each league that make the playoffs. So it's not like the world is going to end if the A's don't go 500. If the A's don't go 500, they will not make the playoffs. But if they go 500, then they'll be okay. So really what we're looking for right now is just make the dance and get hot at the right time and then just kick some ass in October. That's what we want. And to kick ass in October, you're going to need a frontline starter. And I know that it was a very short outing for Frankie Montas. He went four innings Gave up three hits, he allowed an earned run, he walked three, and he struck out five. Um, obviously, you wanted him to go a little bit deeper, but he got uh, his pitch count. I think he threw 28, 29 pitches in the first inning, had a couple of walks. Angels got to him a little bit. Uh, they, they didn't uh, break through, but they made him throw a lot of pitches. So he wasn't able to last you know, into the fifth or the sixth like we would have hoped to see from the guy that we're hoping is the, uh, the main guy for us. But on the other end, we also got to see Jesus Lizardo, and he pitched three innings. He gave up one hit, struck out a couple, walked one, and that was uh, fantastic to see from him. There are reports that he could be making uh, his next appearance in the A's uh, starting rotation, so that would be fantastic. And I did some of the math. If they keep him on schedule with his appearance on Saturday, it, it would seem that he would line up for the Friday start in Seattle, and that would be great. Uh, I would love to see... Jesus Luzardo back throwing some baseballs and striking guys out and 
making it look like we have a regular rotation and not just a really strong bullpen that can, you know, keep uh, keep hitters at bay. That would be lovely. Um, also, it looked like uh, TJ McFarland was pitching really well. Uh, he's uh, one of the lefties that the A's got. Uh, he has thrown now two scoreless innings, and he has not allowed a hit or a walk or struck out anybody. So it's just in two innings of clean baseball, and that's fine. And I mean, outside of the home run that Liam Hendricks gave up on Friday night, the starting rotation has accounted for every earned run allowed so far, and they haven't been pitching that deep into the games. So the A's bullpen has been fantastic so far. I think the hope is that Jesus Lizardo gets uh, slotted into the rotation next turn out. You get him to get, you know, five, maybe six innings, probably not. Maybe, maybe, let's say five, because his pitch count's still going to be a little bit limited, like he was making his first uh, start, which he is making his first start. So, you know, that, that makes sense. That tracks. Um, and then that means that the bullpen will be staying a little bit more fresh. And because we need these guys to be fresh and healthy and all that stuff uh, for that October push. As soon as the pitch counts are lifted from the starting rotation, the, the sooner we can actually feel like we know this team a little bit better. And just to round things out a little bit, uh, the two main offensive performers, I mean, obviously, uh, Matt Olson had the big home run on Friday night. That was very fun to watch. Uh, very pro the new extra innings rule where the runner skirts out on second base. Um, but the two main standouts are obviously... Ramon Laureano, who went 5 for 10, so he's batting a cool 500 to start the season. He has a home run, a double, and he has a four-game hit streak dating back to last year. So he has to hit in each of these three games and then one uh, from 2019. And if it wasn't for the game before that, he would have like an 11-game hit streak right now. So he'd be doing, he's been hitting the ball fairly well over the course of I guess, roughly a year, because that was almost the last time that we saw baseball. Um, and then right behind him, you got Robbie Grossman. He is three for seven, hitting 429, and he's got a couple of stolen bases. All of his hits have been for singles. But, uh, you know, he's doing okay offensively. Those are the two main guys that we're looking at right now, Robbie Grossman and uh, Ramon Laureano. And those are not the two main guys that we were planning on uh, touting all 2020. So, as soon as, you know, Chapman, Olsen, Chris Davis, Steven Scotty, all these other bats get going, this team's going to be uh, a force, as I've been saying. They're going to be a force to be reckoned with in the American League. And I, I will get into that a little bit more in the second half. But first, I just wanted to bring up that play from the top of the 10th inning on Friday night with uh, Shohei Otani starting on second base because of the new extra inning rules. And there's a ground ball hit to uh, Matt Olson at first base. He throws it across the diamond to Matt Chapman, and then they get Shohei Otani in a rundown. That could be a play that the A's legitimately run in extra innings with this new uh, extra inning rule. And I can't think of another team that could run that play. I know that, you know, Colorado has uh, Nolan Arenado and he's really good at third base. Who's playing first base for them? We'll find out on Tuesday because the Rockies are coming to town. Um, there, There's not a lot of other guys that could do that play. Uh, you, you think Pujols and Rendon are going to do that play? Probably not. Um who are the other good third basemen? Uh, Yuli Gurriel and Alex Bregman. Bregman's good offensively, but he's not a great defensive guy. The A's have the only duo that can pull that playoff right there. And we saw it, and it was amazing. And uh, it saved the game, quite honestly. Because even if they try running that play and it doesn't work, then they got runners on first and second with nobody out, which is a completely different ball game and could lead to more runs being scored and all that stuff. And it changes the complexion of how the bottom of the 10th would have probably played out. So 
that one play had a big impact on how the game played out, and uh, I just wanted to give them kudos for that. Uh, there's no extra knowledge that I have to impart on that. There's a gif of it on our Twitter, so uh, at LockedOnAce. Um, also, uh, Dylan Bundy pitched a hell of a game on Saturday, and I just wanted to give him credit for that because, uh, you know, good baseball is good baseball. And he allowed two hard-hit balls. Was it two? I think it was two. Three hard-hit balls. Never mind. He allowed three hard-hit balls in his uh, time on the mound, and... You know, the A's were unlucky facing him on Saturday because he was new-look Dylan Bundy. He had been working with uh, the the Angels uh, coaching staff and all that stuff. So it was a new look for Dylan Bundy. But uh, they lucked out on Sunday because Shohei Otani had not thrown baseballs in a year and a half. So uh, it it all worked out, I guess. And this isn't to say that Dylan Bundy is going to be great all year or anything like that. But it was the first time that anybody had seen him, you know, in live game action in the regular season since he came over from Baltimore. And so now there's tape on him and people can adjust from there. But uh, the A's did not have that kind of like when they faced Shohei Otani the first time in 2018. Uh, There was no tape on him facing big league hitters. So uh, they struggled. So we'll see how it goes from there. I have some more news to get to here, but first I want to tell you about our friends at rockauto.com. They're a family-owned business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to search for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us section and uh, just let them know that we sent you. They have amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com It doesn't matter if you're a professional athlete, a stay-at-home parent, or you spend eight hours a day in an uncomfortable office chair. Everyone needs support to make it through the day. Luckily, our friends at CBDMD have an amazing duo that can help you relax, regroup, recharge when life gets chaotic. CBD Freeze with Menthol is an award-winning product that offers instant cooling relief for muscles and joints in convenient and easy-to-use roller or shareable squeeze tubes. CBD Recover combines CBD with inflammation-fighting compounds like Arnica and vitamin B6 to give you the support you need where it matters most. To make things even easier, Locked On is helping you guys out. We're offering our listeners 25% off your next order when you use the promo code LOCKEDONMLB at checkout to use it on everything CBDMD has to offer. Once again, that's cbdmd.com, promo code locked on for 25% off your purchase of superior CBD oil products from CBDMD. So there is a lot of baseball news to get to because uh, it's opening week of baseball and I want to talk about literally everything, but uh, we don't have that much time because that's not how our format works. So uh, I'm going to go through some quick stuff that has an effect on the A's, but it's about other teams. So, uh, and then we'll talk about how it affects the A's. So that's what we're going to (laughs) do. So first off, Justin Verlander is out for an undisclosed amount of time. Uh, The original report was that he was going to be out for the remainder of the season, and Astros fans were freaking out, and everybody else was not happy that Justin Verlander was hurt, but we're like, hey, AL West is uh, kind of open right now. That's not bad. And we do not wish for injuries or anything like that, but I will talk about how they affect the A's. And, uh, you know, whether they're on the A's or, you know, uh, division rivals or anything like that, I will uh, treat them as though they happened. 
So the original report was that he was going to be out all season. And then uh, quickly, everybody was like, no, no. And by everybody, I mean like uh, Brian McTaggart, the MLB.com beat writer for the Astros. He was saying, uh, I don't know that that's actually true. And then Justin Verlander later tweeted out that he has a forearm strain. And the hope is that he will be uh, just resting his arm for a couple of weeks. And then he'll be back on the field later in the season. So uh, maybe it's a couple of weeks. Maybe it's the rest of the year. It's somewhere in between there. We don't know yet. But uh, regardless, the first series between the A's and Astros in Oakland from August uh, 7 through 9, he will most likely not be pitching that because that's roughly like a week and a half away. Uh, maybe two weeks. Uh, it'd be pushing his rehab process of getting back on the field to have him be ready to pitch in Oakland. So uh, we're going to be probably messing Justin Verlander in that one series, and that series could be a big series because uh, we don't know where the teams are going to be at that point. But, uh, you know, you, you always want to get them early if you can. Um, and he will also not be pitching against the Dodgers this week like he was uh, supposed to. So uh, those are a couple wins that the A's could pick up. Uh, obviously, uh, speedy recovery to Justin Verlander, even though you've been a nemesis of the Oakland A's and myself, for many, many years, uh, I, I wish you the best. Sorry, that's an act. Uh, I do wish Justin Verlander the best and uh, hope that he is, you know, because you want to beat the Astros at their best. And if Justin Verlander's not there, they are far from their best. So uh, speedy recovery to him and all that good stuff. Uh, the other injury news from the AL West was Corey Kluber only lasted one inning in his start because he was dealing with some shoulder tightness and the Rangers are built upon their rotation. And if Corey Kluber is not there in some form, uh, that means that their bullpen is going to be used a whole lot more. And that's not great news for the Rangers. There's no timetable for his return yet. And he could opt out of his contract, but if he's hurt for any discernible amount of time, he's probably not going to. And he's going to be making, I think it was $18 million next year if he opts in. So uh, that could have uh, ramifications for these in the coming years. But for this year, uh, they, the Rangers are like one of those sneaky teams where they could be really good. You got Willie Calhoun, who, you know, I'm on board for. Joey Gallo just smashes balls. We don't know how their ballpark plays. They're a wild card in terms of uh, co competing this year. And uh, in a short season, anything could happen. And the Rangers are one of those teams that's probably going to be uh, benefiting from the short season. So keep an eye out for them. But this definitely hurts their chances just a little bit at least. So obviously both of these injuries have an impact on the A's because it kind of opens up the door for the A's to just win the West if Justin Verlander's out for longer than two weeks. And even if he is only out for two weeks, that's three, four starts. With so few games on the docket, nobody's won in the division by like 10 games or anything this year like the Astros did last year. It's going to be a very close competition. And, you know, two, three games, that's a big swing for any team. And uh, I think that with the A's facing the Astros and not having to face Justin Verlander that one time, that could be a, a big thing for the A's and their aspirations of winning the AL West. And Corey Kluber, if he's out for just a little bit over a week, then he's not going to be in town to face uh, the A's when, they, when the Rangers come in August uh, 4th through the 6th. So they're going to miss him on that turn. He would have pitched at, if he stayed on his regular rotation, he would be pitching the final game of that series, which would be the Thursday day game. But, um, I mean, if he's out for less time than that, he can come on, come back at any time during that series. But he would have been on schedule to uh, pitch that Thursday game. So not having to face Corey Kluber could end up being a good thing, too. 
And this also feels like a good time to point out that I'm also hoping for Corey Kluwer to have a speedy recovery, um, just because I, I didn't want to give all of the uh, the love to Justin Verlander. Uh, Corey Kluber, hope you recover safely and uh, are back to pitching baseballs very soon. So uh, yeah, I mean, both of those guys are big parts of the, their respective rotations, and the A's not having to face them could really open up the door in the AL West. And that's the difference in the seating from you know the one through eight that they're going to do where the, uh, the division winners get the top three seeds uh, based on record. So if, like, the Yankees had the best record and the A's had the second best record, the A's would be the number two seed. And then the teams that finished in second place in each division, they're the four through the six seeds. So if the A's get, you know, that top, that top tier of seeding as opposed to the second tier of seeding, that could be the difference between facing a team like uh, the White Sox, Indians, or Angels that are going to be probably vying for those, uh, those wild card spots or facing a team like the Rays. That's the difference that these two injuries could have on uh, the A's potential postseason run. So they're not small injuries by any means. It could really have a big impact come October. Um, That is, if we get to October, because there is one final story, and I'm going to hopefully not end on too much of a downer, but uh, four Marlins players tested positive for COVID on Sunday morning. So, and four, like, starter uh, Marlins, not like depth guys, not guys in their taxi, taxi squad or their secondary location or anything like that. Um, these are four guys that would be starters like Jorge Alfaro and uh, Jose Urania. And I can't remember the other two. I apologize to them. But uh, those are the two that I remember. And four players on you know a 26-man roster or guys that would have made the 26-man roster if we were down at that point. That How do you come back from that? This is an outbreak on a team. And I don't know, one, how long we're going to keep having baseball if this stuff is still happening and like the, the cynical part of me is like is it different if it's four marlins instead of four yankees if it had been like stanton judge uh torres uh glaber sorry and uh like garrett cole would it have been a different story or is it just because it's the marlins it's meh and juan soto tested positive before friday's game and they still played that game on espn because there was big money at stake um, so it, it feels weird and I don't know that we're going to be getting October baseball, but I'm going to keep treating it as though we do have it. That's why I saved this for the last part of the episode as opposed to starting it off and then talking about baseball. Yeah. It just something to keep an eye on and, uh, how major league baseball reacts. I have not seen a statement from them regarding any of this. So, uh, maybe that's coming on Monday. Um, so keep your eyes out for that stuff. I will keep you guys updated here on locked on A's every day. Uh, we have Monday through Friday podcasts now. So, uh, all you got to do to get all these podcasts, subscribe. Subscribe to us wherever you get podcasts. And if you're on Apple or somewhere else where you can leave a rating or review, uh, please do so because that is helpful and they make my day. They make me very happy and I appreciate every single one. Uh, actually, last bit of news. Uh, Monday starters, uh, projected starters are Griffin Canning and Chris Bassett. Griffin Canning has been a uh, fantasy darling. He is a potential breakout star for the Angels rotation. Uh, Chris Bassett looks like he's solid, and I'm expecting you know a decent start from him, maybe like five, six innings, maybe a couple of runs uh, allowed. He looked good, and he's been solid in the A's rotation, so uh, should be a good pitching matchup for us to watch on a Monday afternoon. Who likes Monday afternoon baseball? This guy. Um, anyways, follow us on social media at Locked on A's on Twitter and Instagram. I am at by Jason B. You can email us any questions that you have to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. Uh, that's it for me today, you guys. I'll be back with you guys tomorrow. In the meantime, stay indoors, celebrate good times, keep wearing those masks, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. 